Barbenheimer continues as Barbie is about to pass $1 billion and Oppenheimer is about to pass $500 million. Mattel and Crayola are about to make so many movies about toys, it's gonna drive you crazy. Let's break down this week's movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. And we have a busier week of news than we've had of late because of the strike. So we got a lot of announcements, trailers, casting, and all sorts of news. Plus, the box office is still rocking with Oppenheimer and Barbie, as well as a couple of new film releases that performed really well in their opening weekend. So let's get into the box office and Barbie. And its third third straight week is still number one at the box office with $58 million this weekend and is expected to pass $1 billion sometime later this weekend. So huge numbers by Barbie. It looks like it will hit $1.5 billion maybe globally. You're projected. You're always all over the... You're so far ahead. I said $1.5 billion last week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It might not... Yeah, maybe. We'll see. It's going to hit 1.5. That's a lot of money. It's only been three weeks, player. Yeah, but it's already gone down to now only 58 million domestic weekend. Which is still a lot. It's really impressive. We'll see, It's about to pass $1 billion, which is insanely impressive. Do you want to bet on it? 1.5 billion bet on Barbie? Yeah, 1.5. Absolutely, I'll bet on that. Bet bet 20 bucks. I'll bet the under 1,000% on that. All right. Under 1.5 Shake in the air. Shake in the air. 1.5. A movie comes out, you have these like... Expected to make $17 billion this weekend. <laughs> hey, man, we'll see what happens when all's said and done. But Barbenheimer, like Anthony said, is continued to continuing to decimate the box office because Oppenheimer pulled in another $28 million domestic this weekend and is expected to pass $500 million global. A World War II rated R film about physicists. Talking in rooms. I wouldn't have been surprised if $28 million was his first weekend. That's crazy. <laughs> that wouldn't have shocked me. Absolutely bonkers. But to make it the third weekend, that's wild. They're both performing so well around the entire world. Barbie's over $550 million internationally, which Has is there, absurd. Have, I can't remember two releases being at the top of the, the box office three weeks in a row. I'm sure like, it's happened a few times. I can't think of... Re- like It's always generally if it's a one big movie release, but for I'm two... Sure it to, happens more often than, yeah, than you think. probably, yeah. There's a lot of big movies that come out together, you know? So so many. I mean, th- yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's more common than you think. But next up in third place, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which pulled in $27 million in its opening weekend. Pretty pretty Good damn healthy you. for yeah. uh, it was only about a seventy million dollar seventy five million dollar budget for this animated feature. We saw it about a month and a half ago. It's it's really solid. If you love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's been revamped basically for this new generation, younger kids. It's really relevant, and we enjoyed the hell out of it. The animation is incredible, so recommend checking it out. Yeah, that's a modest budget, so it'll definitely make money. Um, probably two, 200, 250 million dollars with its total gross with that kind of opening. So see good, that I can see, yeah, good, good success. <laughs> that I see. I'm telling you, Barbie's gonna hit 1.5, and you're gonna be buying me ramen. Who said buying you ramen? You just have twenty dollars. Yeah, but I'll be using that twenty dollars to buy ramen. Okay, I'll be paying for your ramen. <laughs> but we live in LA. Ramen for twenty dollars? Where are you gonna find that? Down the street, player. Plus tax and tip. <laughs> Yeah, you can get one. You can get a small chi- <laughs> children's version. You can get a kid's ramen. Comes clear at like 19. Get a miso soup. That's like 1920 $20. in Los Angeles, man. I don't know where you live. Anthony lives in Nebraska, apparently. <laughs> next, next up, at number five in its second weekend, Haunted Mansion from Disney just is not performing well. $9 million. This had a huge budget. It was actually more expensive than Oppenheimer with a $160 million budget. It's just odd that Disney released a, a Haunted Mansion horror film in summer. 
Why? This, there's so many horror movies coming out at odd times this year. Like, why not release... Or not even horror movies, yeah. just spooky movies. So why not release this into Halloween? Because they need money. They yeah, need I guess. cash flow. Yeah. They've been losing That's so a good point. That's yeah. why I, we keep bringing it up. All these studios are releasing these movies because they need money. Like, Disney's lost so much money at the box office the last two years. Yeah. They desperately need some cash. They gotta, they gotta pay the bills. But you could see this movie could have done pretty well in Halloween. Probably. Could have done much... It would have done much better. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's it, so, it, I mean... It's Let's the, go see the Haunted House Halloween movie in July. In, July. in August. Yeah. What? No, let's go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. Exactly. That's what, that's what people are saying. You skipped one. You skipped four. The Meg oh, I, 2. I missed the Meg. The, the Meg 2, which Anthony clearly doesn't care about, <laughs> pulled in a $25 million domestic opening weekend. And even though it debuted 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's up to 28% now for a critic score. But it debuted at 0%. But that was, I think, probably just like maybe a couple dozen critics. But it's, you know... It's the Meg, but it pulled in a solid box office. I mean, people still like these movies. I believe it grossed over $100 million just in China already. So the Meg is a, a massive international hit. Let me just check out the numbers. Let Might get, be too soon to get them. Yeah. When you, How about you list off the next movie? I'll list off the next one. So Talk to Me, which has been out for now its second weekend. It's been a full week release. It has reached totals, a total of $13 million in its first full week. You know, <laughs> modest success for a budget of, what was it, $10 million? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll pull in a profit, a little bit of a profit for A24. I believe the budget was $5 million. Was it that? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. $5, yeah, $5 million. Million. So, yeah, yeah, it's a little profitable, a little indie film now. And good for them because, we, like we said, A24 needed a little bit of profit because they've been also bleeding money the last year and a half with huge bombs at the box office this year. So they needed a little cash flow because past lives, Bo is afraid. The um, what's uh, Julie L Louis Dreyfus movie tanked thirty, you hurt my 30, feelings. Yeah, thirty million dollars in the in the red. So they needed a little bit of cash flow. You got to keep the lights on. Jim's all about cash flow. This hey, week, it's a this business episode. perspective. <laughs> you know, if you can keep the lights on for a month, then okay, we can do it again. You're talking like a producer. Gotta, gotta. I, I. I Highly doubt you can find the China numbers right now. It made twenty million in China in its opening weekend. He found the China numbers, everybody. So very, very good in China for just for its weekend. So yeah, it's probably pulled in like over fifty million dollars globally. Yeah. That's oh. crazy. I like the Meg one. I might, I'm, I might watch it. It's silly. It's it's silly, but it's just like it's whatever. It's a fucking giant shark movie. <laughs> that was the tagline, like new shark, old chum, old or, chum, yeah, yeah like, like Statham's the old chum. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news and let's update everybody on the WGA, the Writers Guild, and their strike with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers in the studios, the AMPTP. So apparently there's no end in sight because on Friday, representatives from major studios and streamers held their first meeting with the WGA since their negotiations hit a deadlock back in May on May 1st and then led to the strike for the WGA starting on May 2nd. However, the meeting did not yield any agreement on the pertinent issues as reported by the WGA Negotiating Committee. And it seems like this is just going to draw out for months and months and months. Yeah, it might last until next year. And now Steven Soderbergh actually commented on both the strikes and AI and also streamers. And the accomplished director said data transparency is the one that keeps me up at night. He said when discussing where he stands on AI and since working with Max on his most recent projects, Let Them All Talk, in full circle, he revealed that the streamer gave him next to no information on how his work was actually performing on the platform, opting instead to use vague statements like, we feel good about these numbers. The comps are right in line with what we are hoping for. If a show is successful to the public too, it's usually given 
only a confusing metric to go by to define that success. So Soderbergh said AI is a tool that can be dangerously misused, but this adherence to keeping numbers hidden indicates a deeper rot in the industry. Well, it's not just that there are two potential reasons. He says there are two main reasons why we're not getting the information. One could be that they're making a lot more money than anybody knows and that they're willing to tell us. And the other reason is that they're making a lot less money than anybody knows and they don't want anybody to know that, including Wall Street. So there's reasons for the shady gray area kinds of reporting. So he's worried about like not being able to understand, even as the director of a movie, they're not telling him really realistically how his projects are doing yeah it's nice odd. to see uh, a big director bring this up because we brought up multiple times and how a lot of, not a lot of people are talking about this is one of the main parts of the strike is in order to figure out what residuals deserve to be paid to actors and writers who make these projects for streamers we have to know the numbers just like tv shows and movies that used to be released on network tv that had funding and we got, got to see actual numbers but now we have no idea what these numbers are because the streamers give the numbers to the public. The streamers, oh yeah, it was it was the most watched show ever. Says who? <laughs> Says us. It's so, a, they say that every time. Trust us. They say that every time. Oh, a billion yeah. minutes watched, but how many how many views? How many people watched the whole show? How many, how many people were sleeping while it was playing? Seriously. <laughs> so that's one of the things is no one knows the real numbers. And we brought it up multiple times that a lot of streamers probably don't want to know that their $300 million shows are getting such low views and they're wasting a ton of money on these projects. They don't want Wall Street to know because their stocks will drop, their mm -hmm. value will drop if they know how few views they're actually getting on their on the a lot of these shows and movies. Yeah, their shareholders were, will jump ship at the first sign of trouble. So it's not it's not good. It's a crazy little situation. Oh, not a little crazy situation. It's so unique. It's never happened like this before. New technology, obviously. Yeah. New distribution I mean, platform. The other main streaming platform that does, I think, a very good job of showcasing metrics is Spotify. You look at at songs, it'll show how many plays it has. So they're always putting that number next to the title of tracks, which I think is important. Um, so maybe they can do something like that, where you go to a movie and it shows how many views it has. Like on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So no, they definitely don't want that. Yeah, they, don't want that. <laughs> they really, really don't want that. It'll be like, what was that? Uh, that it's the uh, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot movie. Red Notice. Red Notice. One million views. <laughs> or the new Gal Gadot movie, Heart of Stone. I know. Can you imagine? Or even even Rings of Power, you know, yeah. in terms of, sure, the first couple episodes had an insane amount of views, people but the drop-off was about yeah. 70 to 80% of people not finishing that series this first season. People actually finished it? People did. <laughs> hey, some people liked it, but I think most people did not enjoy that show, and I think that's what streamers are hiding right now, and they don't want to concede yet because they're probably just going to hold out as long as they can and yeah. try to figure out a way to do it without revealing true numbers. That's just the way that we're, this is happening right now. It's terrible. Anyways, let's move on to some major casting announcements. Rumors, not rumors. announcements. These are rumors, not official. Yeah, but they I mean, rumors this late in the game, they can be pretty substantial. Ooh, rumors are so fun. <laughs> Facts can often be misleading. Rumors, however, are often revealing. <laughs> Ooh, I love rumors. <laughs> That's a bingo. <laughs> Fantastic Four casting rumors. So the film is being directed by WandaVision's Matt Shackman. And then written by Josh Friedman. And then the main rumors that have been announced the last couple of days is Vanessa Kirby being cast as Sue Storm, Joseph Quinn being cast as Johnny Storm, Eben Moss Backrack from The Bear being cast as The Thing. No, and no, no. 
Oh, in an, in an read, unknown major yeah, role? Yeah, read the sentence, bro. <laughs> Being cast in major role. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just because everybody online said he's a thing. That's what everyone's saying. Well, again, these are all rumors. So, all, but also another thing is Mr. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. There's no substantial rumor. Nobody knows what's going on with that role. It seems like maybe Kirby and Quinn are legit castings. I'm a, that's my guess. Yeah. It seems like, why, why would this come out the same day? Joseph Quinn... I mean, Jack Quaid was always rumored to be Johnny Storm, but he actually came out yesterday saying he's not Johnny Storm. So lots of fan castings, but apparently a major fan casting is true, and a lot of people think it's Joseph Quinn. There's a big running for Mr. Fantastic. I think Dev Patel would do a good job. He's in the running. That'd be cool. Dev Patel would be great. Apparently Matt Smith was in the running. Adam Driver turned it down. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Again, these are just rumors. And I mean, even if this movie gets cast... They can't even finish the script right now, yeah. and they can't go into production. So they're coming out in twenty thirty five. I mean, like when it's news, but it's like, is it really news? News? It's good Not Twitter news. Signed. It's Twitter news. That's yeah. what it is. Like, I'm sure. Here's the thing. I'm sure contracts have been signed. They just haven't released. I'm, I bet you they yet. signed some contracts before the strike. Yeah, yeah. So a couple the of contracts them. have been signed. They just are delaying the announcement, and they're probably just leaking things just yeah, for fun. That's how they do it. It's, mar- yeah. it's all marketing yeah. and a lot of actors... Behind sign- closed doors, it's done. They sign NDAs yeah. months and months in yeah. advance before a lot of casting rumors. Yeah, and then when you see things released online, like this person has been added to this movie like they signed on a month ago. It's just like they, they like to wait on casting announcements most of the time in the press. So we'll see what happens. Let's get some uh, Ben Affleck Batman news We haven't here. talked about Ben for a while. I know, it's been a minute. So this is actually <laughs> you got a, the cool, Boston head a cool on little too. Yeah, a cool little topic. I'm hoping, I hope he's watching... So, got some news about Ben Affleck's Batman that won't ever get made, that almost got made. Now, Jay Olivia, who is a storyboard artist and animation film director at DC, said that, I can't really say too much other than it was fucking awesome. It was the best. It was amazing. From my understanding, there were a couple of drafts of it. When I was brought on, I don't know whether it was the second draft or something, but it was what Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck had shown me. I've worked on a lot of Batman things, and was it was what was really cool about it was... It was tying together a lot of really cool Batman storylines that had never really been explored. Ben's story, Ben's story was going to cover something that had never really been covered in comics, but it was building off storylines in the Batman mythos over the last 80 years and approaching it from a new perspective. Now, Ben had to step down and re- removed himself from this project several years ago. It's called The Batman due to personal reasons, having been experiencing the end of his marriage at the time. In an interview in 2020 with the New York Times, Affleck opened up about his struggles. I showed somebody the Batman script. He said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through with what you just went through again. Probably Matt. Probably Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. It sounds like it could have been very promising. I would love to read the script, though. That'd be, yeah. that'd be awesome. Maybe yeah. they'll turn into like an animated movie or something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. It's a little disappointing. So sad. Next up, uh, Secret Invasion. Marvel revealed that it actually cost $212 million to produce this show, which is considered one of the worst shows of the year and also the worst performing of the MCU TV shows. And so... It's the worst rated project from the MCU as well. Yikes. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, how did that cost double Oppenheimer? It's crazy because Oppenheimer looks like a credible, breathtaking, groundbreaking visuals. Passion. Yeah. Passion and care for the craft. And Barbie, it costs way more than Barbie. Barbie was yeah. 150 Yeah. So it's absurd that Secret Invasion costs this much money. And again, they don't want people to know how many people didn't watch this show. Yeah. That cost $212 million. And it cost $212 million according to them. 
according to and them. plus they shoot like mostly in atlanta it's not like they're traveling t- too it's many all locations. green screen yeah. and blue screen too even yeah. like i saw this breakdown of the scene where nick fury is just in an office it's all behind him, it's all green screens. Like you can't even build a fake wall. The, did you props? see the photo of the prop gun? Yeah, he, the fake toy gun that they used it and they CGI the gun. Where's the money going? Why can't you just have him hold a real gun, a real prop gun? I think they're just putting everything into visual effects and in, in CGI. Like it's, you guys can't even make a prop gun. You can't even put a, a coffee table. You can't even put a wall behind him. You're Marvel. Are you? It's crazy, man. It's like, crazy to me. Sam Jackson is just holding like this toy gun with dots on it. Like, what the fuck is going on there? Yeah, what's, ha- what's some, happening? I've seen some clips from the show. Seen some clips. But again, $212 million for possibly the worst show of the year, according yeah. to a lot of people that have told us about it. Whew. Still on Marvel. So Loki season two dropped its trailer. It comes out in uh, about a month, the show on Disney+. Plus. Um, it looks like with this trailer, it looks like they're putting more Loki into the show. According to the trailer. Yeah, according to the trailer. According they the might trailer. have just cut it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. I did not finish the first season. I'm not sure if I'll tune into this. I'm just marveled out. So much Marvel. So maybe. I mean, it looks. I know a lot of people really enjoyed Loki, so I'm sure they're looking forward to this yeah, trailer. It's, it's it definitely their... looks like a better trailer than the first season. I think so, too. And it looks like a lot more action going on. Yeah. So it looks it looks honestly less people trailer, talking down to him. The trailer in this <laughs> season looks better than the last season. Yeah. Plus Kihi Kwan's in there. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah. Now moving on to Scream Seven news, they have landed their director, Christopher Landon, who made Happy Death Day, which is an excellent original horror film. It's very much kind of like Groundhog Day, except a horror movie. And it's excellent. If you've never seen it, can't recommend it enough. It's a awesome lot of fun movie. and a great choice for a director. He kind of fits that. Aesthetic and mood and, and tone of Scream 7, I think, really well. Scream. Yeah, I love Happy Death Day. It's definitely like a top-tier underrated action, I mean, horror movie that very few people talk about. So, good cast. Next up, we have Oppenheimer. Killian Murphy revealed that there are no deleted scenes of the film because Christopher Nolan gets what he wants. He knows exactly yeah. what he wants. That's so rare. He doesn't waste time. He doesn't waste scenes. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, obviously, they probably trimmed some scenes up here and there, yeah, yeah, but, but like, not no deleted them. scenes. Yeah. It's really impressive, and Res- not many filmmakers can pull that off. To like The script is the movie. That doesn't happen very often. Even Tarantino has deleted scenes in yeah. a, a ton of deleted scenes yeah. in his movies because he writes like 400-page scripts. But <laughs> but it's funny. A couple of his deleted scenes don't work. They don't. Especially a couple of Pulp Fiction ones, they don't work. The, yeah, the Joe's Monster Garage one. There's it's a like, scene where the wolf is talking to Monster Joe. In the It doesn't work at like, all. It's like, whoa, can we get this ball rolling, it's guys? It's not funny. Damn. It doesn't always work. Yeah, it doesn't always work. But, I mean, Nolan very rarely has deleted scenes in his films. I think in just there might be some in some of the Batman movies, but otherwise. Probably. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen deleted scenes of his movies. I'm sure he's got plenty throughout his career. But, you know, I think that. A great director knows when to cut scenes. Yeah. And a great editor and director. Writer, too. Yeah, they know yeah. when this doesn't work. Yeah. You got to make those tough decisions. All right. Coming off the heels of Barbie's resounding success, Mattel is beginning to build their cinematic universe, the new MCU. Now, first of all, they're going to build a bunch of toys, which we're going to list off. But Hot Wheels has been in development for about two years now. Yeah, so J.J. Abrams is actually producing the Hot Wheels movie. So then they're also... In pre-production on a Bar- Barney movie right now as well. That's, that's actually, the one Daniel Kaluuya, right? Yeah, that's um, being... It's going to be an R-rated film for adults, not for kids. But I'm sure they'll make a Barney for kids too. A24 as well. Yeah. So then we have Polly Pocket, Play-Doh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, Monopoly, which just got announced as a film, Action Man, Beyblades... <laughs> 
<laughs> Beyblades. <laughs> yep. It's just Come Beyblade, on. Anthony. Beyblade, singular. <laughs> <laughs> the list gets funnier, man. American Girl doll, that's a given. Clue. Uno. How the fuck are you gonna do Uno? Apparently Uno's gonna be a heist movie. Oh my god. Magic eight ball, Jesus Christ. That should supposedly is gonna be a horror film. Thomas the Tank Tank Engine. This is I gonna see be that. a serial killer movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Chatty Kathy. Well I, I Thomas the Train Engine is that's a given. Thomas the Tank Engine, Sorry. Anthony. <laughs> Jesus, did you not play with Thomas the Tank? It's tank engine, not the train t- engine. He's already a train. That's true. You wouldn't call yourself Anthony the human person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't call myself Anthony the head. <laughs> well, he's gotcha. got a, he's just got a face. Thomas the tank engine. That's the kind of... <laughs> get it right. Yeah. You come to my house, you get my wife's name right. It's Christina. Are you deaf or are you stupid? <laughs> Christina. <laughs> Sick <laughs> reference, bro. <laughs> Chatty Kathy. Uh Betsy Watsy dolls. I don't think I know those ones. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Matchbox cars. So if Hot Wheels wasn't enough. Matchbox now we got cars. matchbox cars. And then Viewmaster. Is that the uh That's the thing the, that it's just like the slides? binoculars with slides. What the fuck? <laughs> How are you gonna make a movie about that? But also, Polly Pocket has already got a director with Lena Dunham, as well as it's going to star Lily Collins. Uh-huh. So Polly Pocket, she's the one with the accessories? Yeah, yeah, she's like a doll with accessories, I think. I guess. <laughs> Let me Google this. Polly, Polly Pocket, yeah. It was, I mean, I know the name, but... It wasn't as popular as you know Barbie. But you know just, the name. It was, Polly Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Light it up. Light it up, Polly Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking cried. Freaking Hollywood. Oh, yeah, with the purse with all the items. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah. yeah got it. Hollywood gets one hit, and then they're like... We need 30 of these now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. They abandoned superheroes like overnight. We'll go into Crayola. All right. So Crayola, the crayon company, is <laughs> and, and, getting into movies and TV. Well, they make more than crayons. Markers. Yeah. <laughs> colored pencils. Paper. Notebooks. Highlighters. <laughs> so obviously there's no brainer to make a movie. Yeah. Now, I will say, they're not making, like, a crayon movie. <laughs> Thank God. That's what it was. They're making a production company, so it's going to be Crayola. We'll be launching Crayola Studios because I'm sure they got a lot of bag, and they want to make some more. So a new division of their existing con- co- uh, company will create content for kids and families, and Crayola is not keeping their plans abstract as they have set their first project al- already. Crayola will be teaming up with Mimo Studios, which is run by Nickelodeon, to create... A project titled The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. So, I mean, it looks like they're going to be making original projects. That's they, actually, they just have a ton of money of funding. So they're going to use their resources to create movies and TV shows. Can you imagine how cheap crayons are to make and how much they sell them for? <laughs> like the amount of profit they make on their... It's like selling water. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, wax and coloring. Yeah, super, super expensive. The overhead on this. We're losing money on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are swimming in cash, I'm oh sure. It's, I'm, it's a smart idea to like... Yeah, yeah. But I like how they're just going to make pro- like kids stuff, like but a kids show or a kids movie. They really just monopolized the crayon market. They really they? Did. There's no Crayons other- and markers? <laughs> Holy no other company. Sharpie, yeah, they, they're the mark. Sharpie marker markers. competitive. You're not gonna go to Sharpie for crayons. No one though. else makes crayons because Crayola also does color pencils. They they are the color pencils. Too. It's like for kids, but like the like serious I'm artists. Serious <laughs> artists, they don't buy the Crayola one. You, they have fancy ones. Yeah, they're all Crayola right. Is, yeah, they're all 
Crayola has fancy pencils, not too. that fancy. They're fancy. No, when you like are a legit artist, or you're really getting, you're like, I'm not buying Crayola. You get like that hundred color. Are you pencils. a legit artist? No, but I've bought in that set before a few times. I used to draw colored pencils a lot. Same, bro. I used to never get the Crayola one though. So always get the Crayola uh, fancy pen, like that metal tin of like 150 colored pencils. Oh yeah, remember that? Drew a lot of Dragon Ball Z with that one. <laughs> Just every Dragon Ball Z character. What are you What are you looking up over there? Oh, they got some fancy ones. They got the ones with like the. Oh yeah, oh yeah, these are fancy ones. <laughs> Vibrant colors too. Oh, super super fancy. No, they got the fancy ones. Moving on to what's this Oppenheimer viral fan thing? Okay, so you, oh, okay. you remember the guy, the the seat, the front row seat meme, the the madman who bought the yes. the one seat up front. So it was actually at the Universal City Walk in L.A. that that screening. So the uh, so the City Walk and IMAX employees they prepared to give this person a prize because it became such a sensation. So they went to that showtime, went to that screening, and the employees waited in the theater to see who would sit down in that front row middle seat. And then they, the, the guy, so the guy showed up, and he sat down, and they presented him with a bunch of gifts. They gave me, they got him a huge poster, um, and then took photos with him and gave him all sorts of gift cards and stuff as a thank you for like unwillingly creating this huge sensation online. <laughs> it's just a guy. This guy, he says he always gets that seat to all of the movies. Like that's where he always sits in movie theaters. Yeah, I saw the interview. He's like, I that's for like the last 10 years, I go I always get tickets super far in advance and I pick that front and center seat cuz I like to be fully immersed in IMAX. And it's just it's just so funny that like they're like, "Let's reward this guy." And it was just at the theater that we like to go to. He's probably too. like, "What the hell is going on right <laughs> now?" <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Some more DC news. Apparently, 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 Wonder Woman three is back on after Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot's or Patty Jenkins' script for the third film in that trilogy got axed when James Gunn took over the DCU, and also the Stafford. second was a failure. So. Yeah, well, it was streaming, so it was one of those hybrid movies. It's a five on IMDb. Sure is, <laughs> sure is. Now, apparently, it's back on with Gal Gadot working with James Gunn and Peter Safran to develop a new story and a new script for Diana. And it looks like she'll be reclaiming her role as Princess Diana, which is interesting because James Gunn has said that we're resetting the DCU, but we're bringing some characters here back. And I don't think it's a bad thing to... I think it's actually good to bring her back because I think she's perfect as Wonder Woman. She's great as Wonder Woman, yeah. Obviously, people will be upset. Why not bring Henry Cavill back? I think Superman's the person you have to reset with. But I think it's totally... Are you saying the man's more important? (laughs) Got him! Got him! Got him! (laughs) Superman. I never said that. I said Superman. No, no. I think Superman's the most important character. The in biggest DC. character yeah. in the history. Yeah, it's okay of... to say that, man. I didn't, you, well, you, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't say you froze. Well, I was. I've never seen you freeze I didn't like that. Freeze. I was, you were just standing. I was. You <laughs> sat there like. Uh... That's not all. I I wasn't frozen. I was just waiting for you to get your energy out so I could <laughs> contemplate what to say and rebuttal with. I was just taking my time to respond. I had to let you get oh god <laughs> out of your system so that I could be like, what's your response? That he's the biggest character in the history of comic uh literature that's what i just said a minute ago see look he wasn't even listening <laughs> i let you get your thing got out him. Got nope, him. nope got yourself it's fucking super it's superman that's the response it's fucking superman what's funny is that this contrasts what dwayne johnson just said about black adam he, w- he went on kevin hart's show you know like the talk show he has mm. and he blamed uh the change in dcu management for black adam 2 not happening and it's like then why is wonder woman 3 happening 
Oh. So I say Black Adam sucked. If they made a better movie, they'd make another Black Adam. But I also, did, Wonder I, Woman 84 was not a great movie. But Wonder Woman is great. was awesome as yeah. well as Gal's been in seven projects for the DC. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like any of those other characters are returning. So I think, no, but uh, I mean versus Black yeah, Adam. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But I think if, if Black Adam was good, they'd, they'd include him. I think so too. It's just Black Adam was not good. Who knows? We don't know what the future of the DCU is going to be like, but... I think it's a good thing to bring Gal Gadot back. I think she completely embodies the character, and yeah. she's perfect as yeah. as Diana. Next up, speaking of threes, we got an update on a Quiet Place three. So Shh. the Quiet Place spinoff Shh. is that <laughs> actually in production right now. It's going to follow other characters. Uh, Joseph Quinn's in it. It's prequel. Speaking of him, um, and then Emily Blunt just came out in an interview saying that she was chatting with Killian Murphy and her husband um, John Krasinski about. Quiet Place 3 last night, and she said, We were sitting on a rooftop all together drinking wine. Sounds nice. You all, you know what would be great is if we keep this thing going. And it would have to be that we would all have to do it together. I don't want to be with a different director if we do it again. So she wants to do it as long as Krasinski and Murphy are on board, too. I like that. All right. So we got some Warner Brothers Max news here. Yikes. After Max... <laughs> well, when after HBO Max rebranded to Max, it's reported that Warner Brothers lost 1.8 million subscribers. Are those just all people who didn't want to do the second sign up? Maybe. <laughs> I think some people are like, this is ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to sign up for another app. Which led to a reported 1.24 billion loss total over this rebrand. I'm sure they it projected this. I'm sure they expected some losses. I'm sure they'll make it back. Over time, yeah, yeah, yeah. over time, people will come back, but I think just some people are like, this is annoying. Well, I remember on, when they made the change, like pe- we saw people were on- online were complaining, like, I have to sign up for Max now? I have to download another app? But you didn't have to. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> it was just like the screen people were screenshotting and showing, like, look at my struggle today. <laughs> <laughs> my, my struggle today. I have to push a button. Life, life is open, so hard. Open another app. It downloads the app automatically. If you're already signed into Ma- HBO yeah, yeah. Max, you're automatically signed into Max. So it was, it was just very, on my phone, yeah. It was a very Seamless. easy transition that took 14 seconds. <laughs> but, you know, that's some that's that's how life how they, easy they, life is for a yeah. lot of us, that that's the struggle of the day. They spent more time screenshotting and tweeting it than they did actually. They did. <laughs> it, would, it took up more time than it would be to actually sign into Max. They did. All you had to do was really sign into it. That's what you had to do. But, you didn't, but if you were signed into HBO Max already, all yeah. you did was click to download the app. Yeah, download it. Yeah, yeah. You already signed into Max. So... I think a lot of people are like probably annoyed by it. I'm sure they they knew some people aren't going to want to do it, so we're going to lose subscribers. Yeah, some people don't want to. Uh, I have to push <laughs> download another app. Two buttons. What? They'll come back. They'll be back. He's back. Moving on. Did I skip one? Oh, I did. Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's awesome new film, will actually be available on Peacock this upcoming week. So if you have Peacock, keep an eye out for Asteroid City. We love the film. Um, it's a return to form for Wes Anderson. Really fantastic, excellent movie. So check it out if you didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. It'll be on Peacock. He never left, man. French Dispatch. He kind of left. Still really well made. Was it boring as hell though? It might be my lowest on my it's, ranking of. It's my Wes it's my last ranked. It might Wes be my Anderson last movie. one. Yeah. It probably would be. All right, moving on to a tragic passing to Angus Cloud, who was on Euphoria. Out of nowhere was he 25 years old, passed away earlier this week. Very tragic news, very shocking and sudden. Lots of the other cast members have been paying tribute to him online. It's 
really, really sad situation. Yeah, he was very young, and we never watched the show, so I've never seen him uh, performing or anything, but a lot of people we know are big fans of the show, so they, they hit them hard. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible news. Someone passed sad. away that young. That young, yeah. 25. Beginning of your career. Tragic. All right, that wraps movie news. We had a pretty good amount today. There's a lot. Even though there's the strikes and not much going on, we still managed to get some stuff in there. Hey, great job. Episodes this week, tomorrow... Don't miss it. We're doing The Matrix, Movies from Memory. Anthony and I will try to recount The Matrix as best as we can, completely from memory. It's funny. It's a good one. You're not going to want to miss it. And then Thursday, we're doing an episode on... What, do you, what did you edit? I have to edit. Which one? <coughs> um, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> we're doing something. No, no it's, on, oh, it's on the calendar. No, no, I'm editing it. It's... Uh, Yes. 1999, A Year in Film. Yes. That's why I couldn't remember, because you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. Because it was we, a crazy year, man. Yeah, because we did 2017, A Year in Film, last year for an episode. And I forgot how many good movies there were in 2017. That was so fun to talk about. A lot of people enjoyed that episode. But 1999. Tripled it. It's going to blow your hair back. How many legitimately good movies came out that year? There were so many movies, we had to organize it by categories of genres. I think there were 100 movies that we talked about. Oh, yeah. It had to have been 100. Absurd. But we yeah. list, we, break, we broke it down, top 10. Then we went through genre. We did best drama, comedy. There were so many comedies. Yeah. Action. Not that many action movies. Horror. It's it pretty cool. Yeah. So, there were a lot of comedies. There was, Dude, that used to be so the bread many. and butter of Hollywood for like the early 2000s. It used to be like every week, and a new comedy would come out almost every weekend. It really was. A lot of high school comedies. Yeah. Not anymore. Anyways, that wraps our episode on Movie News. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.